I'm Mark Spiegler. Welcome to a very special episode of Intersections, brought to you by UBS. Live from the Art Basel show in Basel. I'll be speaking to artists, gallerists from all over the world about the first fair after the pandemic, all of whom are very excited to be back. This is a landmark show because it is the first major international art fair since the beginning of the pandemic. It marks the beginning of the art world coming together again. I hope you'll enjoy this very special episode. I'm with Jeffrey Deitch, the legendary gallerist from New York. It marks the fair where Jeffrey makes his return after going and being a museum director and other, and other things. And it's a very special moment, I think, for all of us. But Jeffrey, I'm curious, you've been to Basel so many times in so many different personas. What does it feel like to be back under these conditions after the pandemic or mid, mid-pandemic? Well, there's nothing like Art Basel. It's great to be in Basel. The weather is marvelous today. Let's hope it lasts. But no other city has this combination of the great museums, the history of trade fairs, hotels, restaurants, gathering places. I look forward to Art Basel more than any other event in the art season. You were busy during the pandemic. You know, you were, um, you know, among other things, you helped to found a collaborative project in Los Angeles. Do you come back to Basel feeling the art world has changed in some way? Well, coming back and seeing some of my old gallerist friends, there's much more that's the same about the art world and the change. And I value the colleagueship. So sometimes in the press, there's emphasis on galleries snatching artists from other galleries and competition. But this is really a remarkable community where there is a shared sense of mission. And it's just, it's wonderful to reconnect with art dealer, gallerist friends, many of whom I've known since the 1970s. I've had a few moments of almost being overwhelmed, seeing people I haven't seen for a year and a half. Have you had that yet? Do you, is that a shared experience? (laughs) Well, I hope people don't, aren't taken aback by how gray my hair has gotten in two years. But uh, I've kept in touch with people. You know, we have quite a network. So over Zooms, phone calls. And so we've kept our community going. What's your expectation for this week? How do you, how do you think it might be different than any other fair in the history of Basel? Because not only is it the first fair In more than two years, it's the first time we've had a fair in September. I expect that the audience is going to be very serious. That people who are coming to the art fair more for fun and amusement, maybe there there won't be so many. Mm -hmm. People who are coming to really connect with the art, to connect with their gallerist friends, maybe buy something significant. I'm expecting very good results and collector friends who cannot make the trip a number of american collectors they've set up with the art fair administration to do detailed zoom tours Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's going to be a little different that way and that 
it's an extension of our video connections. It would be interesting to see how that works. Yeah, I mean, it's a first step into a sort of hybrid digital physical future. Um, and I think it's, there's going to be very interesting sort of growing pains and learnings. But I mean, as you said, I think it'll be, I, I think the absent patron will be better served after the pandemic than before the pandemic. Um, but I still think that most people will want to be here. Last question. As you were thinking about what to bring to this show, which again is not only the, the first Art Basel in Basel in more than two years, but also your first appearance as a gallerist in Art Basel for about a dozen years, what, did you, what were you thinking? Because obviously you have access to so much material, but what does Jeffrey Deitch think about? So we've brought historic material. A great Mark Bradford painting from 2010, 10 amazing Katie Nolan works. This is unprecedented. Uh, a great collection of Keith Haring works. And then in sync with the great Kara Walker show at the Kunstmuseum, eight amazing large-scale Kara Walker drawings. And so we thought it would be best strategy to present the more historic connoisseurship side of what we do in the gallery rather than the younger artists. Mm -hmm. And is that reflective of how you view the, the Basel audience, especially this year? Yes. That's it. Thank you. Okay. So I'm here with Elena Filipovich, who is the director of the Kunsthalle Basel. We're standing in front of Unlimited on the opening day. <laughs> Elena, you lead one of the great institutions of Basel. And of course, these institutions have been a big part of the Basel show from the beginning. What has it meant for you that we haven't done a show for 27 months? Of course, the, the conversations around art are the thing that I missed most. Having this incredibly refined, curious, um, astute audience that comes every year for Art Basel. The people who take the time to come are people who are passionate about art and we're all together to celebrate a shared commitment to culture. What were your emotions the last few days as you saw the art world coming back to Basel? How did it feel? You know, it feels like a coming back to life, actually, because, I mean, I always tell my team, the eye is a muscle, and Kunsthalle Basel is the place where I want people to come and train. Art institutions, looking at art, are places where you just, it's the gym of sorts. Yeah. And so, to have our gym open is the best thing I could possibly imagine. So, how do you think this period changed you? How do you think it changed the art world? I think because all of us missed art so much, we missed that direct encounter with the three-dimensional or two-dimensional object, the thing itself. And of course, a lot happened virtually, but there is absolutely no replacement for the experience of sharing art with the public and being in front of the real thing. On the short term, I also think that people realize being here again with their excitement it's palpable in the city the demographics have changed we already saw a few days ago you knew art basel was back um you see that people are you know extremely grateful to have this chance um to share uh yeah a shared passion uh for what it is we all do and love and commit our lives to and you do you uh, think you changed in the pandemic 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think there is no director of an institution that didn't have to struggle with the incredible challenges that is running an institution in a pandemic. And yet we, we all survived it and we are all finding new ways to engage audiences and to be more resilient. Great. Thank you. Thank you. And now, a brief word from our partners at UBS. Here's today's insight from the Art Basel and UBS Global Art Market Review, brought to you by UBS. The world is starting a great wealth transfer. Over the coming years, ownership of many trillions of dollars of assets will shift to the millennial generation. Well-off millennials may never own a car, but those surveyed spent around a third of a million dollars on art in the first half of this year, higher than their parents' generation. How will this transform the market? For more insights, visit ubs.com collecting. And now back to the show. I'm with Mario Garcia Torres, the Mexican artist whose piece is specifically about the pandemic. Mario, yours is one of the few pieces in Unlimited that is specific to the pandemic. So maybe you could describe it. Yeah, well, hi, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, in in many, in very technical terms, uh, the piece is is very simple. It's It's a piece that was made by photocopying a sign. The first day when... Uh, you you might remember the the day that we decided at the studio that we were going to close. Uh, we thought, okay, I thought, okay, I'll put a sign saying that it's temporarily closed. And next day, I came back to the studio and I thought, you know what? I'm going to make a copy of this thing and paste the copy again on the door with masking tape. This, you know, it was something that I did, you know, absolutely without thinking this was going to be a piece or anything. And then but the next day, I thought, you know, why not? I will come back. So after five days, I thought, wait, maybe there is something interesting about it. So I kept doing it. And the piece consists of 164 pages where that sign, if you can imagine going through photocopy after photocopy after photocopy, it started to, 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 to become an abstract. It started to, to be dismantled and started to become a drawing, an abstract drawing, an abstract design that was made by itself, by the, by, the, by the photocopier. So, I mean, you could also see it as a piece which is about the way in which the pandemic kind of was this Groundhog's Day repetition, dilution, Absolutely. smearing, you know, of our lives. Absolutely. I, I, you know, I was thinking, um, you remember that moment in, uh, in the Fight Club when, when Edward Norton goes to the photocopier and he says, Every day is a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy. He was talking about insomnia and he was talking about globalism and stuff like that. But I thought it was really interesting because you, we got to that moment, right? When we didn't think, you know, we started thinking, we, we don't know what day it is, of the, of what day of the week it is, uh, what are we doing? And I think all those sort of, um, sort of abstraction of our ideas, we had clear ideas, we had concrete ideas. And then suddenly through the, this time, Suddenly, all those things became something else. And I think that when I, when I thought this could be a piece, is because I thought, oh, we are, this, what is really happening in the piece is that it's really abstracting a very concrete idea. How does it feel 
to be back in Basel? What are the emotions for you? Well, I just got here this morning at uh, 8.30 a.m. or something. And, you know, you can, I, I, I was surprised. I was surprised how happy I was. I've been hearing people very excited about it. It's a beautiful feeling of being back, of being reconnected. And so I think this is, I'm really looking forward. I think it's, uh, it's going to be a very exciting addition. Do you think the art world changed during this period? I thought so, but I'm not so sure. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> in a way, Basel, Basel seems to be as beautiful as ever, but the same. I think that uh, we'll see. I think that the works will be different. I think I'm, I'm hoping that every artist have changed. I have changed. Uh, but the structures of it, the structures of it seems to be in place. So I think that we will all think more about what we're doing and how we're doing it. But I think that I'm happy that the structures are there to, to allow those things to happen, those changes to happen. How do you think you changed as a person as a, and as an artist? Yeah, I mean, I've been, I don't know, working for 15, 18 years professionally, let's say. And I was... Always, I think that in the last few years, I was struggling a lot with thinking, who am I? You know, I, I have been an artist that started in one way. I think a lot of artists feel the same way. Like you start doing, building some kind of career and then suddenly you have to fulfill that in some way. And through the pandemic, I was just, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to contradict myself. I'm going to, I'm going to be way more romantic than I ever allowed myself to be. I am going to be way more in, touch with my persona and, and, and that should be more revealed through the work. So I think, you know, I think that it might bring crazy stuff out of me, yeah. which might not be the most smart thing to do professionally, but I think I'm just willing to do it. I'm, I'm willing to, to contradict myself, to, to bring this kind of ideas that in professional terms you, should, you shouldn't do. Yeah. Great. Thank you. I'm here with the artist A.A. Bronson, who has an enormously long history in Art Basel. A.A., we hadn't had a fair in Basel for two years until today. Mm -hmm. What were your emotions around coming back to Basel after all this time? Well, I first came here in 76, and Basel is normally on my birthday. Uh, so I've had my birthday here every year since 76, and last year, I felt like I didn't get my birthday, you know? Because <laughs> if I'm not here, I'm not having my birthday. So it's a bit, uh, it's being here in September is a bit odd for me after so many years in June, but uh, you know, glad to be back, of course. Yeah. Your work and your history as an artist, you know, with the collaborative general idea is very much tied to an earlier pandemic. For you as someone who experienced the AIDS crisis and for, who was deeply touched by it. How do you compare these two pandemics in your mind? Well, there's so many similarities and so many differences. I mean, it's quite, I'm sure there's at least one person writing a book about it and somebody else writing a PhD thesis, you know. I've returned to the general idea AIDS paintings and I'm using them now as a kind of talisman against epidemics in general uh -huh. um, or pandemics in general. It's so similar, except now it's everybody's involved and the governments have responded, whereas with the AIDS crisis, it was a much smaller population 
that was touched by it, and the and in general the gov- the governments did not come around for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the the experience is quite different. Yeah, it's a huge difference. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that you use the word talismanic because as I was going through the halls, I was really noticing a lot of sort of totemic work. It just feels like it's a moment where there's this kind of spiritual talismanic feeling among artists. Over the last five to ten years, there's been an increasing interest in in spiritual material and yeah. art and in the history of art and especially in uh, non-white cultures. Yeah. Um, so it, it seems to be the perfect moment for it to come to the surface is during this uh, current situation. How do you think the period changed you, if at all? Oh, I think it kind of um, burst me away into into my old age because, in a way, that how I had to behave uh, because of COVID was exactly the same as I have to behave as an old man. <laughs> so it kind of forced me to accept being an old man. <laughs> it's not been so bad for me. But... <laughs> I have to say the same for myself as well. That it was it was just a period where a lot of things that I thought were important to me went into the past and the things which were really important to me mm-hmm. became came front and center. Exactly. So my last question, how do you think, if at all, the pandemic period has changed the art world, which we now see coming together in Basel mm-hmm. for the first time in more than two years at scale? I think it's changed it deeply, but I'm not, I can't get a grip on it. I'm I'm not really sure to tell you. I don't think I can answer it. And part of that is because I'm now from a rather old generation. So in a way, it's maybe a better question to ask somebody who's very young. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm very aware that it's somehow changed the marketplace Mm -hmm. and the selling of art. This is kind of silly in a way, but what I've really noticed is with my younger friends, they're all selling their work on Instagram, and for anything under $2,000, it's selling. Right. I mean, these young artists have more money than they've ever had if, if, they're, if they're doing that. If they're, you know, it, it works somehow, and yeah. no dealer involved, don't have to split the money, and, uh, and, and they're getting good, good collectors. Not, it's not necessarily, you know, tour, a kind of art tourism. It's a, real, it's a real layer to the art world with a, a real economy to it. And then on the other end, it seems to me that the, the collectors are becoming that much more focused and that much more ravenous in a way. You know, like I, I suspect that despite all the tales of hardship, that, that there are quite a few galleries that are doing better than they've ever done. Just a guess. That's it. Thanks so much. Thank you. I'm here with Jasmine Sue. Jasmine Sue from JTT, Lower East Side Gallery, committee member for Art Basel. This is a landmark edition of Art Basel because it's the first one ever to be held in September. It's the first one after more than two years. As someone who's, you know, come up through the ranks in the art world and done, you know, been to Basel many times, what were your emotions coming back to Basel this time? Emotions, what a good question. I actually don't think I was very uh, emotional, which is so rare because I'm a hugely emotional person about a lot of things. But I think at this point, Basel is kind of a familiar place. And so maybe 
it felt kind of easy to kind of come back, to be honest. I was like, it didn't feel like we've been gone for that long, weirdly. Um, but the thing that for me has marked time is that I've met a few friends that I haven't seen in two years and kind of realizing that in just a moment of just seeing people for a few minutes, seeing how much people have changed, which yeah. is, I'm kind of excited to see. What are some of the changes that you noticed in your art world friends? I don't know, just the things we're talking about are different when we see each other kind of um, suddenly. And I think that it's less about business and more about personal life or like physical appearances of people are changing. Yeah. And it's kind of cool. I think there's some transformations that have happened a lot for everybody in the past yeah. two years. And I forgot my blazers. I had all my blazers packed. I forgot all of them. And I ran into Jamie from 47 and he was like, we're all different people now. So who cares? Yeah. Like just wear whatever you got. So now I'm, I'm just going to be wearing button down t-shirts. It's a new, it's a new me. <laughs> I'm curious, looking broader, how do you think the art world changed? How do you think it didn't change during this period? I think everybody has done an inventory of themselves and figured out how they want to spend their time. Now that we, when we suddenly had so much of it, because it feels at the same time so rare to have meaningful and important time. Um, so I think everyone's doing that right now. You're on the part of the committee, the experts who really monitor and, and help us to select the youngest galleries with the, the youngest artists. Do you think this one and a half year caesure, hiatus, you know, had a a huge impact for younger galleries especially? I know for sure that uh, it's had a huge impact on a few people. I can't say that everybody's been affected in the same way, right? But I definitely know of examples of people that have spent twice as much time with a certain piece than they would have pre-COVID. And that's like really interesting to me how that's going to change in terms of what the work will look like and the, and the end result of projects. So you mean that, that the artists sort of sat with the piece, thought it through, yeah. worked it over Changed more. the materials, changed how much time they spent with yeah. it, changed, thought about the concept much longer. And that's super exciting. Um, and just to feel that kind of love and attention to go into work is, is interesting. One of the things that struck me when I looked at some of the pieces coming to the fair in the online viewing rooms was that I saw changes, maybe not changes of practice, but changes of tonality with, within certain artists. Have you noticed that as well? I have my mind in, this, in the statement section right now. And so to speak to that section specifically, I don't actually think there's been such a shift so much as like a delving deeper into is what I'm recognizing. Yeah. And or um, a loosening in, in areas that artists have maybe had a tight grip. Um, yeah. So it, that's kind of exciting to see. I'm thinking of specific people, but like I can see certain artists delving more into trying out different materials, just as an example, and how that made the end product like more interesting, or not more interesting, but just different. And uh, they spent a lot of time with that, but also like a kind of, you know, a loosening on an identity of what you were as an artist and how you and what you made. Yeah. And kind of letting some other side of yourself come out. I think that's what I'm seeing a lot in some of the work, yeah. here, which is exciting and cool. I mean, I think for what, what I see is people stepping away from projecting their persona as an artist in the work and more projecting their personality, if you see the distinction that I'm making. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, what is a persona in a world where we're all not being ourselves in public spaces? <laughs> it's a very different way of thinking about it, for sure. So I'm here with Andemister, who is the incoming director of the Kunsthaus Zurich and a close friend of mine who I've known for 
almost 20 years. On you've been to this show many, many times. How does it feel to come here after more than two years of not being here? How, what were your emotions coming to the fair? Well, I must admit, Mark, like going to fairs for me is I, I love doing it, but also always confuses me. It feels like going to a like, gigantic hypermarché, a French big supermarket. But this time I was really excited. It felt like school camp. Usually when I fly to Basel, I don't want to meet anybody on the plane. I just want to sit on the laptop. Do, and now I, I, it was fabulous to see other people again going to the same destination. So I think that the fact that the social encounters you have at Basel are much more intense now. And maybe I, I value them more. And to see people again that you, you know are relevant to you, that you like to have a deep conversation yeah. with at a later point in time. So I'm genuinely excited. Usually I'm tired after the second day and I want to go home. Now I want to stay. So tell me in what way you think the pandemic changed you and in what way it changed the art world. I'm very curious to see whether it will have a long lasting impact on the art world because I think we all had this deep reset. Uh, but it seems that that is very superficial, that there is already a lapse back into um, I mean, yes, especially in the Netherlands where I still live and work, there was really big discussions on uh, blockbuster obsession and how to stop that because it's not durable, it's not sustainable. But right now I feel everybody is back into blockbuster mode. So I, I don't know if it has changed. I don't know if we have learned anything yet. Now, the, everybody wants to get back to what it was considered normal. And the urge to do so is very, very deep. So I think maybe it takes more time to have impact to make us really think differently of how do we want to operate? How do we want to work? How do we want to... And for yourself? <clears throat> I mean, obviously you got an enormous shift in the middle of a pandemic, yeah. first in applying for and then in getting this job in Zurich, taking over a major institution with a new building. But maybe at a personal level, do you feel like it changed you in any way? It didn't really change me. It put me on a hold for a while or more in hamster mode. I don't, yeah. is that a word in English? Like yes. you're this little hamster. In a, you're, you're spinning in the wheel. Spinning in the wheel, working 300%, just scenario, 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 scenarios. And it felt like the opposite of quietness, the opposite of thinking deeply. It felt like hyperactivity, but with no output. And I have to say that most people I know, like you, we're working twice as hard under conditions that were twice as difficult. Yeah. And where you get no, in I think I, it made me realize working hard is never a problem in the art world, but you, you didn't get inspired. You were really just producing fictional scenarios and working hard at doing so, but there was no reality pragmatic reality to put them in and there was also no inspiration i mean you didn't get to see art you were just only managing it so i am i don't think it changed me but it really made me think that this being inspired yourself by other exhibitions by seeing art we already knew it was crucial but it's essential otherwise you can't work in a void great thank you so much so I'm with the legendary art world curator and thinker Hansel Wick Obris almost exactly 48 hours into the fair. You're Swiss. So what was the role that Art Basel played in your life in the arts? Yeah, great to see you, Mark, and, um, uh, and great, to be, great to be in Basel. Uh, and Art Basel has uh, played a very important role really in my life with art and because actually when I was a teenager, you know, I grew up in Switzerland. I went to a lot of museums. 
And then at some point came out to contemporary art and when I was 17, started to make studio visits. Um, and I will never forget, I arrived in the studio officially vice and it was this amazing, you know, chain reaction. It was the moment with the way things go. They made this film and Pio Corradi was behind the camera and officially vice created these sculptures where the equilibriums collapsed and one triggered the other. Uh, and it became a chain reaction in the way of my own life because I was, you know, after the studio visit, wanted to work with artists and become a curator. And uh, I mean, I, yeah, it was kind of interesting because during the studio visit, it was in May, Fischiwa said, you should sort of go to our Basel. And I had never been to our Basel. They said, yes, and you should actually go down for a couple of days and look at every single artwork and then tell us what you liked. It was kind of like almost like a task they gave us. I went to to Basel and stayed there actually overnight and looked for two days at everything and uh, I've not missed a single fair ever since and what was also interesting was in a way that I also remember like now with the statements where emerging artists can be seen in solo shows I remember also in this new tenancy section there was a young artist it was uh, you know mid 80s a young artist called Rosemary Trockel so that's where I saw Rosemary's work for the first time wow Rosemary Trockel in statements it's amazing to imagine that but of course there are many artists for whom that was the case tell me what were your emotions stepping back into this routine that you've done for 30 years but then was interrupted for more than two years how did it feel on, uh, on Monday, I was actually, Monday, I was in Zurich. I made a studio visit with Harald Negeli. I had never met the sprayer of Zurich. Ah, yes. Who um, did these amazing um, uh, graffitis, right, in the in the late 70s. And they, I wanted to kind of finally meet him. It's obviously kind of amazing also that one can make studio visits again because I've been missing that a lot because that, I do that very regularly. And then I came to Basel later on Monday and it was incredibly emotional um, to just see friends again whom we hadn't seen for 18 months and often had only seen on uh, on zoom it felt like this amazing thing of togetherness i'm not sure about you but i felt that so strongly it was very emotional i think for me much of the time it felt really normal and i was falling into my normal routines of conversations and my normal patterns of the first few days being this frenzy as a fair director but then there were these moments where I was sometimes saddened or sometimes overjoyed, you know, first by the fact that I had missed so much of my friends' lives, but then also overjoyed at the fact that that finally we were together again and that we were there together again, that we, we were all alive and we were all in good health. And I think for everyone, it's been a, a strangely familiar experience of being at our Basel and an unfamiliar experience of being together really face to face i also think what is interesting is the kind of idea of the chance encounter no because i think very often chance plays such a big role and that's also when gatherings happen yeah uh, and i mean mr wrote this book about togetherness and how important it is to be together in constellations and how new encounters can happen uh, and very often they happen in in-between spaces they happen you know on the train uh, uh, in the railway station, on the tram, they happen walking late at night in the street, they happen in a, in a restaurant, they happen at the fair. So I think that idea also of, in a way, um, th that was certainly something which was missing. Yeah, I think, I think you're absolutely right. And I think it's, it's one of the defining characteristics of art fairs and biennials is that suddenly you have thousands of people from different places, all of them brought together by art, by their passion for art. 
And you just never know what's going to happen. I think the serendipity, the coincidence always plays a role in our lives. But at, an, at these types of events, there are great people all around you and many of them you don't know. You know, in the same way, there, there are any number of artists. And it's actually also true that I normally have seen much more art by now and I need to see now the museums uh, tomorrow and I need to see more of the fair because actually, because of um, not having met so many friends, I just, you know, had so, had so many, you know, encounters and meetings. So I have to see more art. But I was very excited to see statements, you know, to come back to... To the young galleries. Yeah, the, the young solo shows in a way. And um, I thought they were particularly interesting this year, really, uh, really fascinating. And and, uh, and also showed just, you know, in terms of seeing emerging artists and emerging work, we've seen so many new works on PDFs and, you know, digitally, how important it just is to have the embodied experience to be immersed in a small solo show for each of these artists and yeah. what a difference it makes. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Okay. It's a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Intersections, the Art Basel podcast brought to you by UBS. We'll have a new show every other week. To make sure you don't miss an episode, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, please tell a friend and consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Audiation.